Welcome to Airtime, a podcast by Elevate Aviation, exploring all things aviation with a focus on the people inside the industry and their careers. Here is your host and podcast producer, Kendra Kincaid. So let's get going. We at Elevate Aviation want to continue to bring the aviation community together to talk about what's going on with them and COVID-19 and how they're being affected. We know that the global COVID-19 pandemic has been traumatic for the entire world. This webinar zooms in on the aviation industry as we talk to frontline workers. Perhaps one of the most impacted group of all have been the flight attendants. We appreciate so much the healthcare workers and others that are putting their lives at risk to keep us all safe. Today, we want to shed some light on the flight attendants who are going to work to keep us safe, to bring us home, to the place where we really want to be during this pandemic. As we watch the news and we hear from many different stories about flight attendants, and today we really wanna dive in here from them and how they're doing during this pandemic. In this hour, we're going to go over questions about them and their careers and why they became flight attendants. We're gonna move into a few questions about COVID and how, what the impact of COVID-19 has been on them. And at the end, we're gonna go into any leftover questions. So we know before COVID started, there was a shortage of flight attendants. Um, do we still think that companies will be looking to fill this shortage when COVID-19 is over? Uh, what the flight attendants is being a flight, sorry, is being a flight attendant, is it a good job? Do they like it? We're gonna find out. And what does it take to become a flight attendant? Well, we're gonna find all these questions out. So I am so excited. I have been waiting for and with great anticipation for today. Um, I just, you know, we keep hearing about what's going on in the aviation industry, especially the flight attendants. So I'm so excited that you guys could join us. Our guest today, Chantal from Air Canada, joining us from Toronto. Uh, Rose from WestJet, joining us from Calgary. Hi. And um, you are Calgary, right, Rose? Are you Toronto? I'm Toronto. Oh, you're in Toronto too. Okay. And Emily from Jazz joining us from Calgary. Okay, we're heavy on the East Coast today. This is yeah. <laughs> this is fantastic. Um, okay, well, let's get started. The first thing I have is uh, the first question I really have is I want to know really why a flight attendant? Why did you become a flight attendant, uh, Chantal? Do you want to start with that one? It was one of those things where I was working for another company and my supervisor got a fax, that's the age how long I've been a flight attendant, got a fax saying that Air Canada was hiring and uh, if they had any, if you had anybody in mind that you would recommend to do the job and he came to me and told me about it and so that sounds exciting and I applied and luckily enough uh, that has been my career since then. Wow. Emily, how about you? Well, so I started, I was 21 years old and what I wanted to do, I wanted to travel and I wasn't sure um, what I was going to take at university. So I was taking uh, tourism uh, management and marketing. And then I saw at some point I was like browsing through the internet and I saw that the jazz was hiring right away. And I think a week later I was in Quebec city at that time and I got called in for an interview in Montreal. So I drove to Montreal for the interview and I was hired and it's been 12 years now. And I am more than happy to be here, to be honest. Like it's every day is a different day I work and I love every day. Wow, I hear that a lot. And Rose, how about you? 
Uh, well, um, mine is a is as, as well interesting story. Um, I own my own business. But with that in mind, it doesn't come with benefits. And um, I have five children. I, I, at least I started with five children. Now I have seven. But um, <laughs> yeah, when we take a vacation, it's like uh, previously a down payment um, for a home for all of us to go and enjoy ourselves. But uh, like all vacationers, we just love the destination. It's that feeling of freedom, of just enjoying yourself and taking a breather. And I realized that I was addicted to vacations. I loved it. I loved that feeling I got when I was on vacation. And then I always felt rejuvenated when I got home. And I wanted to keep that going, but I realized if I was taking money from this half to pay for my um, enjoyment on this half, they say it's not how much you make, it's how much you keep. And I was finding that there was, you know, a smaller distance between how much I made and how much I kept because I needed these vacation and I wanted my children to enjoy um, authentic, authentically experience the world. And I thought, well, what am I good at? Well, what's naturally? Well, I'm bilingual. So that was a yes for me. And then I thought, I think I have transferable skills. I think I'm, I've got great customer service skills. Can I take that to the air? And I thought, yep. The only thing was I was afraid of flying. And um, once I got over that, I applied for Western. I didn't expect, I applied for a few uh, airlines and I didn't expect to get a call back, but I also kind of expected to get a call back. And when I did, my world changed. Um, I had to talk self-talk out of the fear of flying and uh, got up in the air the first couple of flights. Yes, I was shaken in my boots. But after that, I, uh, I ride the turbulence like I'm surfing the, the, the waves. You know, I love it. I, it's the best <laughs> in the world. Okay, I've never heard that before. I'm riding the turbulence like I'm surfing the waves. <laughs> That's what that it is. is funny. Yeah. Wow. It's okay. so true, though. Mm -hmm. Really? You guys agree with that? When I was in uh, physiotherapy, they couldn't believe my balance. They said, your balance is incredible. And then when I told them I was a flight attendant, like, that figures, just you try, because it's always in, mo you're always in motion. Even though you're not going through turbulence, the aircraft is always in motion and you're always trying to balance yourself, right? And, uh, and I think that really helps your core. Wow. Uh, Rose? Yes. Um, do, you, do you see another way to start your video on there? Uh, it did ask me to start it again. Let me see. It's just, um, it's, uh, I'm finding from my technical people, there's, it's, you, you're on here in a different way than normal, and it's, um, uh, tell you is to that stop sharing, it's saying. Okay, let me try this new share. New share. Sorry, everyone. Well, is that, is we've had, again? what's that? Is it back? Is it sharing? Um, you, you have to stop where you're actually sharing your screen. So if you stop share, oh, oh there, there we go. go. Can you see me? Ask to start video. Okay. Okay. Let's do that again. It keeps giving me a cannot start video. Fail to start video camera, please select another video camera in settings. Hmm. Oh, no. That's a... Okay, you know what, Rose? We're just going to do this without your video on. If yeah, that's keep okay. going. No okay. problem. Okay, okay. So sorry about that, you guys. We're just going to... Rose, we're just... We're going to look at your name. You have a beautiful no name. No problem. We're going to look at your name. Okay. Okay, so... um. 
so tell me a little bit about what the training is like as a as a flight attendant. Not too much. We're going to get into the training later. But so you want to be a flight attendant? They say okay. Does everyone does everyone go through the same training? Like, is there one central place, or do you get trained by your own airline, Chantal? You get trained by your own airline because everybody has different aircrafts, and uh, it just um, like we had when I started my training, we had ten different aircrafts to learn. And it was seven weeks and even university people said it was very, like, it's, it's intense. Right. It's basically like you're learning a hundred different ways how to die in an aircraft, <laughs> but it's essentially, that's what they tell you, but it's basically you're saving yourself and learning how to save yourself and saving other people, you know? And uh, so you're emerged in that for seven, seven weeks. Wow. So it's quite intense. Okay. But we'll get into that a little bit more later. Um, Emily, one of the questions I have uh, is, what is your favorite destination from anywhere around the world? Do you have a favorite? Um, well, when I work, I'm only flying domestic. So we definitely have San Francisco layovers that we really enjoy. Uh, other than that, I, of course, I've traveled a lot. I've gone through like Australia, Bali, uh, many destinations for sure. But I would say Philippines, Australia, Bali would be my favorite. Uh, but on a layover, yeah, San Francisco, definitely. But sometimes it's nice to have a Quebec City layover and get to see my family as well. So I get to visit there. So yeah. I like that too. Um, Rose, is uh, what is your favorite thing about your career? My favorite thing is actually the interactions between the guests and I, uh, for, primarily between my crew and I because I get to know them. We, it's like almost like speed dating. You have uh, just under 60 minutes to get to know who you're working with, fall in love with them and trust them. Oh. Because we don't always work with the same crew. It's constantly shifting. Um, sometimes when you get layovers, you know, you, you get a crew for maybe two, three or four days, but I usually select single days um, recently. So I see a crew, we have 60 minutes to get to know each other, um, believe in each other, trust each other, and then get that, transfer that same trust um, and care to our guests that are about to come on flight, in flight. Well, Chantal and, Chantal and Emily, I see you guys, you're both nodding your head. So this is, this is a flight attendant thing, I guess, right? You, so does this mean, this, does this mean to be a flight attendant, you should really be a good people person and, and have a lot of trust, Chantal? I don't think you'd get hired if you didn't, because you're, you're going to be emerged with different cultures, different backgrounds. You have to be open-minded, respectful, and patient. Um, I mean, when you're told, you know, sometimes it's the husband that'll answer for the wife and you can't, don't have a say in that. You just have to respect it, you know, or the way that, you know, people pray and you got to respect their, their, that they want a space to pray or, you know, all these different cultures that you're exposed to. You do have to have an open mind and open heart and just embrace everybody and trust everybody. Is that part of your training? Like, um, to, to, do you actually train about people's different cultures so you know kind of where your boundaries are for that um a lot of it is also in our manuals and but they do speak they do talk about it for sure and they do make sure that that's actually a question during my uh during my interview process is how you know how you embrace and what would you do if somebody came up to you and didn't speak your language what you know how would you what would you do for that you know and how would you help that passenger and, and so they do try to make because it's the reality of our job 
most of the time is you have to be uh, very, you're exposed to everything yeah. from all around the world. So what are the questions, what are the questions I've always wondered, Emily, um, I think I cut you off. You're going to say something, please add to that. But uh, the other question is like the patience that you must have, like talk about that Emily as well. Well, patience is definitely something we have to deal with every day. Um, of course, there's always uh, weather uh, issues or let's say misconnections or that kind of stuff. And we actually have to talk to the passengers and they also have to be patient too, right? So sometimes it's hard because, um, you know, it's hard for them. They're going through a lot and they might know that they're going to miss their flight and that kind of stuff. So for us, we also have to talk to them, make sure uh, we understand their need and that we're going to be, if we can accommodate somehow, then we'll do our best for sure. Uh, and just to talk a little bit about training too. Yes, it is true that we learn a lot about diversity. I'm also an in-flight trainer part-time. So initial training is between five to six, well, seven weeks for us. And yes, of course, we learn about evacuations, but we also learn how to um, uh, interact with different uh, passengers as well. And that could, uh, like special needs as well. Um, we have passengers that can come on board with their service dogs as well. So we learn all that through initial training. So like Chantal was saying, it's definitely busy. Uh, it's a lot of work and it's six days a week for us. But then you're so happy that when it's done, you're so happy that you get to enjoy your career. And then we do annual training once a year. Wow. Okay. Well, we'll get into more. We have a couple of training questions here, but we'll get into that in a second. But um, uh, I want to, um, I just want to move into COVID a little bit here as our time flies. It always flies when I get to talk to have this great conversation. Um, one of the questions that we received is, how are the passengers different now with COVID-19? So we all like this world of COVID-19 has, has, I feel like we're watching a movie. I feel like we're watching ourselves in a movie. Like I just can't get over that feeling. So it's, oh, Rose is back. Um, I, I decided to go on my mobile phone. Okay, okay, perfect. Um, so, so we're moving into COVID. And so um, Rose, let's start with you on this one. The question was, well, you'll have to turn your other one off. I can hear the echo. Yeah, we'll do right now. Okay. Okay. Um, okay. Better? How are passengers different now with COVID-19? Is there a difference now? Can you hear me? Yeah, you're still, you still have some echoing. There we go. Okay, that should work, Rose. There we are. Okay, are you noticing a difference in your passengers now with COVID-19 than before the pandemic started? Uh, absolutely. Um, the, the different ages of passengers um, also have different reactions, I find. Oh. The younger people, yeah, the younger people, I'm talking about the millenniums, the people that are, um, you know, 18 to 24, and so, they are still friendly. You know, that they're still, uh, it, somehow it doesn't necessarily set in. Um, for all of them, that this is this is a, a more difficult situation because it's a threat you don't really see. The only visual is mask, uh, gloves, et cetera, and then various announcements and, and various service level changes. But for the younger people that are going on vacation, that's what it is. They're going on vacation. They're still trying to have a great time, and they just trust in us. Again, the trust factor uh, never changes. They trust us to be in our be at our best level, showing up, 
and making sure that we get them from their start point to their finish point. Um, with the, the middle class people, I also I find the ones that come on with their children are a lot more, um, before we, there's a lot of interaction, but they're a lot more closed with the children, like uh, directing them to their seats, cleaning down the area, making sure that their personal area is, is for them, for their peace of mind, sanitized. Um, with the old, with the elderly, I find that they have such a high level of caring for us. They've been flying for a long time, oh. right? And they've seen things that we could only, we only look at on, in TV shows. We hear about them, but they've endured such difficulties on a world level or within their countries that they're, they're taking this easy. They're mm -hmm. taking this easier and they're trying to comfort us. Wow. Right. So I find that the elderly are a lot more nurturing to us. I mean, they always were bringing us things to begin with, but now they're more the words of encouragement saying, you know, yeah, we really support you guys. Thanks a lot. And it, it's just warming. It's warming in your heart. Chantal and Emily, do either one of you want to add on to that? I've never experienced smelling the airplane smell like alcohol so much because everybody's just disinfecting their area it's crazy you walk, like people are just walking on and they're all standing in the aisle just cleaning like the pods or and they're all with their wipes and yeah so it's, it's definitely a different yeah you can definitely it, wanting to congregate as much and you can definitely see like uh the passengers taking so much precautions and i mean when they come on board and they clean, I usually just tell them, you know what, thank you for doing it. It's been done already on the quick turn, but there's nothing wrong on just like cleaning more at this point, right? And they're just like, oh, well, thank you for letting us know, but they're just recleaning. Like, it's awesome to see that everybody is actually doing their part as well. That's nice. So it sounds like the passengers uh, right now during this stressful time of flying are also are all pretty friendly. Everyone's, they're okay. Mm -hmm. uh, you do get, you, oh, go ahead, Chantal. Oh, no, 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 go ahead. Oh, I, I see that, um, you know, people, again, are at different uh, levels of, of processing what we're going through on a world level and, again, in their personal life. So I do wear a mask at work for my own personal protection as well. I'm thinking about um, successive guests because when you get the information that there was someone that tested positive on a flight, you go back in your head, was I on that flight? Did I make that connection? Was that, you know? So I'm trying to do my best for our guests and also for when I get home to my family. But when I do walk through the cabin, I still try, I still do everything I did before just with a mask. So I find I have to work on my eye game a lot more, <laughs> right? I've got to make that, I have to make that smile come through so much more. But I do find some guests that are still apprehensive about this. And when I go past them, you kind of see them move back a bit. Right. And then I instinctively move back a bit. But it's not because we really think each other are the threat. It's just now it's a knee-jerk reaction. Yeah. Wow. Uh, here's a question, Chantel. Once the COVID-19 ends and the public begins to go back to flying, do you think the airlines will do enough to keep you healthy when you are back in the air? You're still in the air now, aren't you? Yes, I am. Yeah. Um, Good question. Uh, I think this has opened the eyes to a lot of people and to the company. I think um, people are going to be a lot more self-conscious and aware that they will want to protect us. And as, as much, um, as soon as we get more information about COVID, it seems like the company is trying to keep up with it. It's a lot of information that, that is given to us. Um, and we're getting emails and uh, they're trying to keep up with it. And uh, I think they will do a good job at 
trying to keep us safe up there because that's a number one priority, right? Mm -hmm. Are you guys nervous about flying right now? Like I know the companies are doing everything they can to keep you guys safe, but on a personal level, you have families at home. Are you guys nervous, Emily? Are you nervous about flying right now? Uh, as of right now, I'm taking extra precautions, obviously. Um, yes, I am washing my hands even more than I was. Uh, I am also uh, donning the mask right now. Uh, so I also understand about the smile in the eyes because it's quite hard to now be smiling on board. I have the gloves that I wash every time I touch something or that kind of stuff. So I am using extra precautions, obviously. Uh, am I nervous? No, I'm happy to still be bringing passenger home and we're trying our best to get everybody home safe right now. Um, so I think that's the most important point uh, to think of right now. But of course, when I get home, uh, my uniform uh, goes in the garage and like, you know, I wash it every day and yeah, so I'm taking extra precautions for sure, uh, but I'm not nervous, I think. Emily, you can just throw a big smile on the outside of your mask. No. <laughs> That's what we need. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Rose, when we were talking earlier, you told me about an experience um, right now where you're, you're flying with an empty airplane to come back with passengers. Can you expand on that? Yes. Um, as uh, Sh um, Chantal? Yes. I had said before that, you know, things are changing rapidly. And information that you get in the morning may change by midday, may change by afternoon. And we get our, we get our special manifest. So usually, uh, you know, hours before the flight is scheduled to depart, we know how many people are on board, uh, any specials, whether it's people that uh, need special assistance, uh, children, fun, babies, et cetera. And the thing about this now is that you might start off looking and seeing that you have a flight load of 174 at three o'clock in the morning, and then by six o'clock, it's, it's cut down to 90. That was, that was in the days after it, the pandemic was announced. What we're seeing now is that we're starting with 63 or 40. And by the time we get to our gate, that number has now gone down to zero for whatever reasons, whether it's identification purposes and, and more stringent um, things in place to get the right people home to the right country. We flew down, so about a week and a half ago, I had to do a St. Martin turn. And that was the first time that I opened my, my device and saw that we had one passenger. Wow. It was incredible. I was rolling down to see if there was you know, somebody hidden up, but it was one passenger. And I just, I shook my head and I got dressed the same way. And when I left my door, I proudly walked down my street as if I was going to have 174. Um, oh. When we got to the airport, that one turned to zero um and that means our flight now instead of it being a uh, a money generating flight has now turned into a rescue flight we're ferrying down that plane and we're just going to bring back passengers it was um over four hour flight the crew and i we got to know each other because i had never worked with any of them so we got to know each other in that time being but we also spoke some words of truth into each other and encouragement preparing for that flight home um, it was great. We did things. We did our personal things for a moment, but we also interacted with each other. And then we said, it's, this is going to be, this flight down is going to be nothing like the flight back home. And uh, when we landed, we, op we opened the door and to just, you didn't know what you, to expect on the other side of that door. I had my mask on, opened the door. The customer service agents have their mask on. We had, we had guests coming on and 
the thing about it is uh, St. Martin is close to Angola. And um, there was some guests that came on and all they could say was, thanks for coming for us. Thanks for coming for us. I said, it's my pleasure. It is my absolute pleasure. Someone has to do it. Um, and I, I know some flight attendants choose not to go. Um, I'm going to do it because this is just still a part of my job. Until I hang up my scarf, this is still a part of my, my roles and responsibilities. And as a humanitarian, someone has to do it. Oh, that's I okay. figure if I survive SARS and H1N1 and the bird flu and the mad cow disease, this is just another one <laughs> for us to go through. Yeah. Uh, Caleb on here has, has actually thanked us for um, talking about your, you personally a little bit because so many passengers to see you as flight attendants and not as people. Um, so this is great just hearing these stories from you guys about that. Um, one of the other questions is, um, have any of you been laid off due to COVID? You three are all still working today. That's correct, right? I, you are as well. No, um, as of tomorrow, I will be on two months uh, leave of absence. I'm not laid off. Uh, we had a cho we had some choices to make because we, again, we though it's this is a global community right now, and we also think about how we're going to get back to work and get back to our our altered status quo. Um, and we need to be able to preserve the, the company, but also preserve everybody else trying to save a job for everyone. I chose a leave of absence for two months. Um, is it going to take two months? I'm not sure, but I'm. I'm comfortable with my choice. And it's given me an opportunity just to debrief, you know, just to take a breath, relax. I feel I did my part and I'm ready to do my part again when I'm called upon. Wow. And it uh, is true what Rose was saying as well, that, you know, it's nice to see the crew together right now. Uh, I do think like we are sharing pictures on Facebook. Um, everybody's showing pictures of them in uniform. And it's just nice to see how big of a family we are and that, for every airlines in Canada right now, and even in the world. Um, I think it's good to see that we're all in this together and we're gonna become stronger for sure after that. But it's true, like you're talking to the crew and you finish your day and for some reason, it's just like, we've always been friendly, but it's even like, you go and take care, like go home and stay healthy. And you know, we're all in this together and it's nice to see. But I don't think it's only like, it seems to be with, every airline like everybody's looking at each other and you know giving the hey you know as you're walking through the airport everybody's giving each other supports from other airlines definitely we're all one that is we're all so nice together. together wow so chantal when um when this first started happening so the the talk of covid started happening i, I know i was in thailand and we got a message saying hey you guys should come home we're like what what are you talking about no <laughs> it's sunny and yeah. beautiful here we're not going anywhere um and that was the first time i even heard the word um can, how about you like when you first started hearing about this what went through your mind did you did you think oh this is something or you didn't really you weren't really concerned at first I don't know if it's denial or just, like I said, that I've been through the SARS and H1N1, all of those. So it just felt like, oh, there's another one. Um, so I didn't really think anything of it. I didn't see the seriousness of it uh, until really when I saw the world starting to shut down. I think that's when it hit me of how serious it was. Because you kind of go through that denial phase and you don't want to admit it, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, that's when I think it's hit me when I saw one after the other shutting down their, their borders and they're and not allowing any of flights come in. That's when it's set in for me. Emily? 
Uh, well, same thing, to be honest. Like at first I was like, it's well, I've never gone through like SARS really and H1N1 a little bit, but I don't remember that it was that big either. Uh, so of course at first you're like, okay, well, you know, we're going to stay healthy, do our best, but I never thought the entire world would be almost like shut down like this right now and it would be that um, huge. Yeah. Um, Rose, a question for you here is, yeah. is, is leave of absence uh, like furlough? Actually, one is volunteer and one isn't, right? Uh, Rose, can you go right back after two months? If the need be. If the need be, we are, we're able to go back to work. Uh, it's operational, but if not, after two months, we're looking at being laid off. Okay. Wow. Uh, here's another question. Uh, what if any, what if any, and we, we talked about this a little bit, but what if any silver linings are you seeing right now? Any surprises that you didn't expect as far as your job or aviation in general? You know, um, Chantal was uh, speaking on the topic of, of whether or not you're going to, changes are going to be made to make us more safer um, in the air. And I definitely think that the global community is going to make changes on a whole. Every, every participant in this is going to behave much differently, but in a more positive way. We're going to take more precautions with each other, but we're also going to be more helpful. I believe that hope is emerging, it's, it's springing. Um, just like this is spring now, hope is springing worldwide. The, the gestures of people individually feeling within themselves to go out there and make someone else's life a little bit better is just beautiful to see. I know we see a lot of dark, but when you hear of the person posting saying, listen, I have a car, I have groceries, personal message me discreetly, no judgment, I'll bring it to you. Those kind of heartwarming moments are what makes humanity what it is today. We're gonna get through this and we're gonna get through this with flying colors. We will get through this in such a way that the world, I think just the world's just gonna shine better. There's okay. just gonna be a harmony within this world that is unprecedented because wow. we are going through this together. I love your attitude, all of you actually, it's so positive. Um, well, I know oh. that there's a flight that I did from uh, Europe and when we landed, after we got to the gate, everybody stood up and started clapping and it just made me cry. Yeah. Wow. wow. Yeah, I think it's gonna help us with our uh, career, but also with everyday life, right? I think everybody's now more thankful about um, helping each other and seeing each other because right now this is how we're all talking with our families right so it's kind of like we're going to be thankful when we get to see and hug each other for sure yeah we're definitely going to have a virtual world um at one point we're so immersed in the virtual reality we are all going to want just reality right mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. wow so i know my uh, go ahead go ahead no go ahead no Oh, um, I was just going to say uh, there was a big shortage for flight attendants as well before COVID started. Uh, do you think that that's still going to be the case when this is over, Chantal? I know with my airline, there's a lot of retirements happening and they've been hiring. We've been growing. They, I mean, we have new aircrafts coming. So it's a... Our, the airline industry is was on the rise you know it was uh, definitely growing and new destinations so I think it'll come back for sure I think we're in a good position for that yeah I think it's you know we're talking about aviation careers during this time when aviation is being quite shut down not completely but you know it's, it's being shut down 
But I do think we have to remember that aviation is a wonderful career. And this, do you guys agree that this should not discourage people from coming into your careers? For me, this is not a career, this is a lifestyle. I think everybody, all flight attendants will say the same thing. It's a lifestyle, it gives you flexibility to do other jobs and to study for other things that you want to do. A lot of people, like a lot of people are real estate agents, doctors, nurses, they own their own businesses and do this on the side. Uh, flexible hours uh, allow you to have a family and enjoy being home with your family if you want to just do turns and be like work only seven days a week or if you want to do layovers and go have a nice dinner in Paris with your friends go shopping you know buy different things okay. from around the world it's it's a lifestyle I can't say it's a career or a profession because it's uh, and you meet phenomenal people from all over the world so it's uh, it's the best thing that's ever happened to me. Do people ever get into it on the other side? Like rather than uh, when they're younger, maybe out of school trying to figure out what to do and they go into flight attendant. Do people get into it at, like after they retire and go, hmm, this would be a, a good job? Well, I got into it at 47. Really? Um, yeah. <laughs> so uh, it's three years for me. And I, when I go to the aisle, I'm usually the comedian, you know, I have had, as I said, I've had to work on my eye game since, but um, when I go to the aisle and I'm saying to, to my guests, any garbage, any garbage, any garbage, um, they give it to me and they laugh. And I say, you know, this is my dream job. This, if anybody told me at 50 years old, I would be walking through a cabin collecting garbage, I wouldn't have believed them. But uh, people laugh because, you know, collecting garbage is one thing, but the reality is that when we emerge out of this, we're being recognized as frontline workers because that's what we are. We're at that first point of contact with many of the world around. Um, and this is when we say, oh, live in the dream. I mean it. Um, I am living the dream. That's yeah. exciting. I love when people follow their passions and they do what they want to do. I really think that there's no ages to start uh, being a flight attendant, to be honest. It's uh, like Chantal was saying, it is a lifestyle. If it fits your lifestyle, go for it. Uh, it doesn't matter how old you are, but if you want to have that many days off, uh, choose your schedule when you actually have like a good seniority and that kind of stuff. It's just go for it. It's, uh, I tell the new people, I do a lot of job fairs and I tell people it's either you're going to really, really love it or you're just not going to enjoy it. And if you don't enjoy it, it there's no point of trying because it's either you love it or you don't, but you most of us obviously like we love it uh but it's something that we wake up in the morning and we love it like <laughs> um aviation oh, no i was saying aviation has allowed me to live my best life mm -hmm. and i am grateful you know i i say the same thing i well i say aviation saved my life like a, a, a different story yeah. mine was air traffic control but it, it it it's allowed me to have an incredible life and um, we're actually doing a documentary. We just got funding and a license for a documentary. And so we, we really want to take that documentary all across Canada and into schools and show people all of this. And um, I'm, just, I'm just so proud of you guys. Anyway, okay, we're gonna get into a couple more questions. Um, have any of you had a moment during a flight that worried you that you're allowed to talk about? Um, uh, have you experienced a whole, an uh-oh moment during flight? I, I was in the air when 9-11 happened. Oh, really? 
So, how, how uh, so that? that was the, this just, you know, we're going, we're over the U.S. American airspace and then all of a sudden we just felt the, felt the aircraft just bank and we were just like, hmm, that's odd. And then uh, the in charge came to the back and was like, go to the back, go to the back. And uh, so when we found out then that we needed to land this aircraft as soon as possible. Were you scared? Yeah, very scared. But the... Oh, she, she froze. She froze when I wanted to hear the answer. I know. <laughs> the, uh, the captain came on and made, I wish I taped Taser. There, you're better now. Hello? Yeah, yeah you're frozen. Back. Sorry. Uh, yeah, the captain made, sorry. So the captain made the most amazing announcement and I wish I had a copy of it because it was phenomenal. And then when we got to the gate, nobody got up. They were like, okay, you can get up now, we can get out. And they're like, where do we go? Wow. And we're like, oh. And we all just sat there for about a 45 minutes to an hour on the aircraft, just talking to everybody, just everybody trying to figure out what to do. Wow. Yeah. That's incredible. Because we, we landed in Winnipeg and they're like, why is there a 747 from Southwest here? <laughs> or KLM, you know, like they're like, what's Winnipeg. going on? You know, what's going on? Wow. <laughs> so yeah, so that was, uh, yeah, so that was my, wow. oh my, yeah. Wow. Uh, okay, my, well, my, go ahead, go ahead, Rose. Uh, mine is nothing near what Chantal has gone through and I can't even imagine what she's gone through. Um, my aha moments are just, you know, you're doing your routine day-to-day -day, uh, job, um, going through the, you know, servicing your, your guests, but that moment when something happens to one of our guests uh, and it turns like an ordinary flight into a medical, mm. that moment when you, it's just, you could, you could have been just clearing up your galley and you get the signal that something's going on, your heart kickstarts. And everything that you were trained for comes to play. You're, it's just, you go, I had mentioned to you before, Kendra, that it's like when you're at, uh, you're doing a race and you're at the starting line and you're waiting for that starter gun to go off. Well, our medicals, we didn't even know we're waiting for that starter gun to go off. You just hear it go off. And you're like, oh my gosh. And all you do, it just becomes autopilot and we do what we need to do best. And remember at that point, we're first aiders. At that point, we're first responders. And many of us, after it's done, it's that debrief because we know for that moment, for that precarious moment, we may have just had someone's life in our hands. Wow. So it's, it's, it's something. You guys are making me want to be flight attendants. <laughs> um, Why not? <laughs> Darlene really wants me to let you guys know her message. She said, I would like to emphasize that each person continue to um, advocate for their personal safety and that of their colleagues in the flying public. Speak out when you see and feel anything unsafe, advocate for change and have no regrets. Which thank I you know- Darlene. Darlene, you said? Darlene, yeah. So thank you for that. Thank you. Um, thank you. So let's move on to training. Um, we've got about 15 minutes left. This hour goes by so fast. Um, let's move into training. So Emily, why don't you kick us off with training? So we have, so we as Elevate go across the country and we talk to girls and young women and women in aviation all across Canada. 
And a lot of them ask the questions, how do I become a flight attendant? Because, um, you know, when, especially when uh, these students are graduating from high school or college and they're trying to figure out what to do and a lot of them go and work in clothing stores or they go and work wherever, you know, we're like, how about, how about try being a flight attendant? Because you can get into it and you might love that career forever, but it might also lead you to become an aircraft mechanic or a pilot or, or something else in aviation, at least it gets them into the industry stream, which is what we are really trying to do. So Emily, talk to us about training a little bit and um, how you get started. Yeah, definitely. Well, um, the three airlines we have here, we have some different requirements. Uh, it's all almost the same, but there's a few like differences sometimes. So for us anyway at Jazz, the requirements are that you need to be bilingual, so French and English. Uh, you need to have some customer service experience and a high school diploma. And uh, that's pretty much what you really need. And then the airline actually uh, do the training for you. So you can actually be called to go either in Toronto, Montreal, Vancouver, or Calgary for a five to seven weeks training. At that point, uh, the airline actually provides the hotel for you. And you know when you have a shuttle to come and pick you up to go into class and that kind of stuff. We have cabin simulator in the hangar. So we have classroom training and we also have cabin simulator training. Uh, when we do have aircrafts coming in at night, we also get to go and uh, play on the aircraft at night. Um, yeah, the training is quite like we were saying earlier. It is intense. There's a lot to learn but it's definitely uh, doable. And as long as we study and we work really hard, we can go through it uh, and graduate from it. Chantal, how does it make you feel when people think that flight attendants, and I don't think this, so don't take it that way, um, when flight attendants are there to serve, to serve them, to serve cookies, and um, do people say that to you ever in your career? Have you heard that? And does that upset you? Um, it does. Uh, we hear air waitress a lot um, because it's uh, safety first. And I know a lot of people don't take us seriously, like take your headsets off and they kind of roll their eyes and who are you sort of thing. Um, but I know that when push comes to shove, they'll realize that they'll start listening to us and that they'll take us seriously. Like uh, when we do have medicals, everybody, as they're walking off the aircraft, when they see how we've all worked together and how we reacted to the situation. They all come off saying, good job, you guys did really well. And I think when safety or emergency situations happen, that's when they realize that we're not just waitresses in the air. Yeah, I mean, it's so important. Can you imagine if you did not have flight attendants on the flight, right? Like if something went wrong, <laughs> oh. Because we're firefighters, we're medical, we're, you know, like, cause we're trained to fight fires and, you know, to take care of uh, first aid, you know, and things like that. So we're not just serving drinks. So Jazz and Air Canada, is that the same training facility or is that two separate? No, it's different because we have different aircrafts. Right. Okay. And they do. And, uh, and Emily was saying that they need to be French or English. Us, it's English and another language that would be required for another destination like German, especially German right now. If you are German, we need German speakers. We need German people. Way. <laughs> That's good to know. And uh, but you know, like we have all the different uh, all the different languages from all over the world to represent. When they so when we go to uh, Germany, we actually do announcements in German so people feel 
or they can understand and right. feel a little bit at home. Right. Rose, what about WestJet? Is there a language requirement for WestJet? Um, before, it, a couple of years ago, it was just English and French. And uh, Spanish was also one of the accepted languages. But we've actually opened up, because WestJet is opened up to internationally, like across the globe, they've opened up the languages to include um, uh, Urdu, um, Mandarin. There's a plethora of languages now that make it acceptable to be considered bilingual uh, at WestJet. And it is fantastic because I meet so many people, some of them are customer service agents that I think, you'd make a great flight attendant but they didn't have that mandatory French or Spanish. And now they're here, they're up in the air and they're given that exemplary customer service because their language is now an acceptable a bilingual language. So it's, it's wonderful. I appreciate what Westwood has done for the world and for um, potential flight attendants. Okay, so, so whatever airline it is, basically you, you must be bilingual. If you're not bilingual, it's, it's really go back to school and learn another language or you have to look for no. Um, no. We do also hire unilinguals, um, and there, there are particular um, specific postings for that. And it's not as frequent, but there are specific um, postings for unilingual. Okay. And, and Chantal, you look like Air Canada was the same? Well, I think that if you have, a, uh, if somebody comes in to apply for the job that's unilingual and somebody shows up with five languages, they're going to hire the person that has the languages above the person that's unilingual. Right. Unilingual, uh, because they will be able to use that more often, like use their language in a beneficial way for them. Okay. But a lot of people also talk about because sometimes you can go to flight attendant school, and uh, I think companies would rather train you from the ground. Okay, that's actually something I was curious about. Um, Emily, maybe you want to touch on that one. Um, well, there are places that have flight attendant schools. Sorry. Yeah, there is. I know there is one in Ontario for sure. Um, I mean, we it's definitely good to have. Uh, there's nothing, but again, yes, we do uh, go into details after and we do uh, teach. We do have an agreement. Uh, I can't go into details because I'm not, I don't have enough information, but I do know we have an agreement with one of the college uh, as well. So that's something that we could definitely look into. And if some people are interested into it, um, they could go into the website, uh, FlyJazz, ca and look into that and ask questions to be honest um if that's something they're looking into but it's not a requirement no definitely not no thank you yeah 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 no definitely not a requirement okay um does it put you up above someone else in in the in the level of of hiring no you might just have a little more knowledge about uh, the airline industry because they teach you classroom stuff, I would say. Uh, but again, I'm not like an expert into the program and stuff, so I don't really, like, I know I've seen some people uh, in interviews that were talking about their college. And yes, it does, like, they have a good idea of what's a flight attendant and safety first and all of that. Um, they have the airport codes that they know already. There's a few things that for sure they know, but I don't know more than that, unfortunately. I haven't done that course. <laughs> Okay. Um, okay. Here's a question that's non-training related, but I really have to ask because I'm curious myself. Um, my wife and I fly Edmonton to, uh, flew Edmonton uh, to Denver a number of years ago and coasted Denver. They hit turbulence. That was terrifying. And I remember the flight attendants who couldn't have been better. What is the worst weather flight you've ever had? And I hate turbulence. Like <laughs> I, I even understand it. I'm in aviation. 
I hate turbulence. Have, have you guys hit, any of you hit really bad weather? I've hit yeah. bad turbulence. Um, and as I said before, I used to be terrified, terrified of flying. I just love the destinations, but on takeoff and landing, I was always gripping my armrest. It was, it was just such an impossible feat for me. I just, I overcame it because I wanted to get to that destination, but I was a mess on the flight out and a mess on the, on the landing. Um, through training and getting to know your crew, the important thing is that I know that my pilot and my co-pilot, they could be my neighbor. That could be my neighbor, Chantal. That could be my neighbor, Christine. That could be my neighbor, Emily. And it makes all the difference to know that those people in there, in the cockpit, are on your side. Um, it changed it. But for me, I was so nervous in turbulence. But I see that in some of my guests. I see guests looking at me and they're in tears. They're in tears because we're going through some little bumps. I go by, I don't make a big show of it, but I just squeeze their shoulder, you know? Sometimes they hold on to my hand and I just stand there for a minute. Nobody else around realizes what's going on. And I just stand there and I steady them. Because I- comes on and says they're afraid of turbulence, I'll go see them after that, it, that seatbelt sign goes off, I'll go comfort them. And a lot of people are afraid of flying because they don't have control or they can't see in what's in front of them. So we used to take them to the flight deck, but we can't do that anymore. But for me, I'm not afraid of turbulence because I know what our pilots go through. They're rigorous training now, I understand it. And I get to meet the pilots, I talk to the pilots. So I'll have confidence and faith and trust in my pilots that they're gonna do what they can to get us out of it. And it's not something that's scary for me because I have all my faith in the pilots and their training. Yeah. I'm no longer afraid. I, I can't even believe it. I'm no longer yeah. afraid. And I even say the guests, you know, we're climbing to, we're trying to climb. I know you can feel the change in the aircraft. And I say to them, our pilots are looking for clearer air. Okay. Just bear mm -hmm. with us. You can feel it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, before I didn't know what that was. You know, I've learned something. I, I, I know a lot of flight attendants from the work I do with Elevate. Um, but I, I tell you, I've learned something new here today from you guys as well. And that's, um, you know, as an air traffic controller, we really have to trust. I work in a terminal environment, so the airplanes, you know, there's an arrival departure and, and, a, and um, arrival and departure and controllers. Some of the people might not know what that means, but we don't have time to explain it. But you, anyway, we really have to trust each other. And yes. you no, know, I didn't realize the level of trust as well with flight attendants, both with each other and with the pilots. So this is really eye-opening to me that 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 level of trust you got you guys build that level of trust with each other as well. When it's that closes, your your family now. That's your family. Yeah. That's the people that are you're working with. When you're on a layover and you get sick or something happens at home that you can't be there. They're there to support you and when you're in an emergency situation you work together you're trained to work together as a team they're your family um okay i have another question back to training for a second um it says how do they test your french skills if you say you're able to speak french i guess they want to know it's good enough emily so it is a phone uh, call actually so when you apply with your resume uh, they're going to go through um, a few questions first and then at some point they, you will talk to somebody um, that is French qualified and who's uh, the person who's going to test you. Okay. I know so they I make, oh, go for it. I said when I got interviewed it was actually when I did that they had a mass interview and when they they read my resume and they talked to me then they talked to me in French 
and then they saw my level of French. So it was a face to face. So they know it was you. And then after that, you got a phone call as well. Ours, ours, ours is a little different. We've just transitioned. Um, we did have face to face and peer to peer interviews in language, but uh, transitioning from mid 2018 to uh, into the 2019, we started using a computer um, testing facility. That was uh, yeah, that was non. It was not a part of our company, WestJet. It was an independent, and the, the computer tested your French. You answered questions with the avatar. And what they're looking for was your, you know, how do you conversate in French? Can you speak on different topics? Right. It didn't, it wasn't necessarily questions of aviation, just questioned in general to see how you handled yourself. And then they gave you a score and that's how you were French qualified. Okay. And we have scores as well. If you're a four in your language then you don't have to be retested every year. If you're a three and below, then you have to be retested every year. Okay, all this stuff I'm learning. Uh, we only have a couple minutes left. I just want to get a couple questions out here. Okay, is it true? Here's a question. Thank you. Is it true or a myth that there is a certain look that you must have to be a flight attendant? Um, for example, like even height. Is that is that true? Not anymore. Anymore. No. Okay. I thought maybe the height was because you had to reach the overhead bin. Because sometimes I can't. <laughs> no. Well, it was mostly for uh, reaching the emergency equipment in the overhead bins. Right, okay. Because you'd have to be able to get, like, because they would have, like, the extinguishers, fire extinguishers and that, and you'd have to be able to reach that. But uh, now they realize that people can wear heels, <laughs> I guess. Okay. Okay. No, they, they kind of lifted that. Uh, you that. know, the number Oh, you froze a little bit, the number, one here, the number one question, can you save a life? Okay. That's a requirement. Can you save your life and somebody else's? You know, and we're able to do that. Our capacities, the training brings us to that ability. And, um, you know, our physical strength, yes, it weighs a lot. But you'd be surprised what kind of physical strength you gain in an emergency situation. Mm -hmm. Okay, here's a good question. Um, okay, Emily, you take this one. What's the biggest challenge? We'll start with this one anyway. Uh, or positive movement you foresee for the future of flight attendants moving forward, particularly for the younger generation coming up, for example, the girls at Elevate is promoting uh, careers in aviation too. So what's um, So say that again. What's the biggest <laughs> challenge that you foresee for the future of flight attendants moving forward? Um, well, right now, of course, it's the unknown, right? Uh, we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, but we're, we know it's going to get better and everything. So I think a challenge as of today is just to be done with the COVID, <laughs> if that makes sense. Like, I mean, um, yeah, like a month ago, I would have said, please apply. We're hiring like crazy and we want everybody to come uh, to the airline for sure. As of today, we're just hoping that the world just gets better, right? So I think that's going to be the challenge. So if someone and they want to be a flight attendant, and we'll end on this one, um, maybe all of you could start. Chantel, do you want to start? Um, if, if there's someone watching and they want to be a flight attendant right now, and of course we know what the world is like right now, what do you want to say to them? Do you want to keep Every industry going? has been hit. Every industry has been affected by this, that I wouldn't want them to deter from being a flight attendant or achieving their career that they want. Um, because it's going to get better. And this is an amazing, amazing career uh, lifestyle. Um, 
because you can do whatever you want with it with that fits your needs as a person as a family as a you know whatever as another career so it's uh it's incredible and you're traveling on somebody else's dime <laughs> and it will get better <laughs> last word for you emily on that well it will get better so yes uh join us uh, keep looking on the websites and as soon as we're hiring like join us and Rose uh, for me it's that my teal appeal is never gonna fade uh, lead with your attitude right lead with your attitude and give it your heart and your soul you will never be disappointed join us wow. well you know what um, I think one thing you need after talking to you three to be a flight attendant is really a positive attitude and a love for life uh, you three are just so amazing and I can't thank you enough thank for you. spending this time with me here today and talking about your careers and, and talking about what it looks like for, with COVID in the world right now for you and also the encouragement for the future for people to, to still get into these careers because we all love aviation. Aviation is a lifestyle and we want to continue to encourage people to keep looking at aviation even though we're on pause so to speak right at the moment. Uh, I want to thank everyone that was here listening to us today. And again, um, just a reminder that at Elevate Aviation, we have mentors. Uh, if you want to get into aviation, we can hook you up with people like these wonderful ladies right here. Um, so if you want a mentor to talk about aviation or maybe even start planning out what your future looks like for the fall, if you want to get into aviation, let us know. We have a learning center. We can bring you in for a week to learn uh, the behind the scenes of aviation. And, um, and we're here at elevateaviation.ca. So thank you all for listening. Thank you again to you. Thank you. Thank you, Kendra, for entering. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Well, we will see you all again, I'm sure. I can't wait to meet you all in person. And yes. Thanks, ladies. Nice to meet you all. Thank you, everybody. Bye-bye. Nice meeting you. Bye-bye.